0: In der kleinen Stadt Winden, ein Junge auf mysteriöse Weise verschwunden. Die Frage ist nicht, wer die Kinder entführt hat, sondern wann.
1: Das Ende ist der Anfang. Und der Anfang ist das Ende. Tick zick. Du wirst alles verstehen, wenn es an der Zeit ist zu verstehen. Tick zick. Aber jede Entscheidung für etwas ist doch immer eine Entscheidung gegen. Wir anfangen. Was, Was ist Realität?
2: Reality? Is Gibt it es doch singular mal eine in nature? Oder existieren mehrere Realitäten nebeneinander?
1: Or do several
2: parallel realities exist at the same time? Erwin, Erwin Schrödinger constructed an extremely interesting thought experiment. Schrödinger's Katze here in the Mikrocosm I'll make this right. Ich different das exist Wäre die by side? Könnte es uns gelingen, die Zeit zu in zwei unterschiedlichen gegensätzliche laufen zu Last Directions? Und dann and hat die, die Katze, Katze in einen gleichzeitigen ein Zustand von state Tod death und Lebendigkeit zu bringen? Und wenn and ja, so, wie viele unterschiedliche Realitäten können sie dann an die Zeit beitragen?
0: Hello and welcome to the final episode of Dark, a companion podcast to the Netflix TV series. I'm Merkels. I'm PB. And I'm Acorn. Wollen wir Anfang? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, ladies.
1: <laughs> Hello.
2: Listeners, I'm just warning you right now that There might be moments where you hear us say something, pause, and then come back. And it sounds a little jarring. It's probably because we had to take five minutes to cry and then move (laughs) on.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm going to be leaving all of the crying in. Okay. That's what the people are here for.
2: All right. (laughs) That's fair. They'll be crying with us, man. They're going to need it.
0: Yeah before we dive in i just want to point out that this was a companion podcast and not a watch along so you definitely want to have watched the series and be hungry for more discussion and more theories we also chose to run the podcast as more of a discussion between friends so we go away for each topic we wrote our own notes and then we come together and share it nobody has any sneak peeks at each other's notes that means we didn't always get everything completely right but it also lent for more surprises, and ultimately, we wanted you to feel like you were in our living room discussing right along with us. Today, we're going to be talking about H.G. Tanhouse,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So I have a opening question for you.
2: Oh, yeah. I knew oh, you were going we to do this. this. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I was like, there's no way we're going to do the finale without this icebreaker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so... As we all know, H.G. Tanhouse's family perished in a car accident. And that is the reason why we have the series. And my question is, what would you do
1: for someone you love?
2: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Um...
1: Well, I think the caveat is if I was as brilliant as H.G. Tanhouse, I probably would have gone the lengths that he did and accidentally created time travel. This is actually something I've thought about before. There are a few people in my life that I would be devastated to lose. And I've wondered if I had the means, just how far would I go? And I probably would rip the fabric of the universe in order to get them back. I would travel to a parallel universe. I would do as much as I could in order to get them back.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. It's also a question that I've thought a lot about, and I think it's something that we've talked about or touched on in the podcast before, Mm -hmm. this concept. And I think this concept also comes back to a lot of things that we have talked about as well, not just this one topic, but sort of across the board, this idea of the person who you are as a result of things that happen and whether or not trying to change those things that have happened is a worthwhile endeavor for you or something like that. I think in this case, 10 had the wherewithal and ability to create this machine, which fractured these worlds and split them. And to some extent, like I think one of our, one of the people who wrote into us recently pointed out, it was a very effective machine because it did in fact save his family.
2: Yeah. Mm. I want to say that I am strong enough to live and do all the things that I want to do and live my best life and move on and be happy if I lost someone very dear to me because I know that's what they would want me to do Mm -hmm. and that's the true test of loving someone selflessly but I don't think I would I want to be that person but I think I would be tan house where I would, if I had the ability and it was a sci fi world, 100% would I fall into yeah. that. I would yeah. fall into that obsession of trying to bring them back. I, I would be that person. That is my character arc for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I acknowledge that the harder path is the one of letting go. That is the harder, more challenging thing to do for the one that you love. Yep. And live in your life and existing and being happy without them present obviously you're never truly without them but you know without them there in your daily life as it were
0: Ooh. yeah it's a bit of a heavy one but yeah. i feel like that's kind of you know when we think about what the purpose of the series is mm-hmm. we have all of these lines of people trying to save their children over and over through yeah. every single yep. generation generational yeah. trauma after generational trauma and when you find out exactly how the timeline began you realize that it's because it's Tannhaus's pain and everything that happens in that timeline comes from him to some extent. Yeah. I'll do a brief description of Tannhaus's appearance in the show. He doesn't have a very strong appearance in the show, except he does because he not only is the voiceover and narrator for the introductions of the show, he not only does those interstitial videos talking about wormholes and schrodinger's cat which led to us uh having our mind-blowing experience earlier Mm -hmm. but he he is featured in the show uh sort of as like a very interesting side character that the time travelers stumble upon he helps build the time travel machine that is therefore used further and further he uses ulrich's cell phone to do so Mm -hmm. he is regarded as the clockmaker who operates the shop in winden and i find it really i mean it's like obvious but also really lovely and amazing that he's a clockmaker and he literally made time yeah (laughs) like he made time there heinrich gustav Tannhaus is a clockmaker who operates a shop in winden and the adoptive grandfather of charlotte doppler real grandfather of Charlotte Tannhaus. He is the author of A Journey Through Time, a book which discusses black holes, space-time, and similar subjects, and has appeared in educational videos teaching about the same. He provides many voiceovers, and is first seen on TV in the bunker lies. He is not established as a resident in Wyndon, however, until the stranger visits his shop in past and present. The stranger returns several times over the next few days to discuss travel, determinism, the 33-year cycle, and related matters. It's later revealed that these conversations took place in 1986, that Charlotte is not his biological granddaughter, and that the stranger had come to visit to have Tannhaus repair his damaged apparatus. Tanhouse admits as well that he does not fully understand all the concepts in his own book and is only a pawn in a larger war. In season three, Tannhaus is revealed to have created both Adam and Ava's world in an accident taking place in the original world through trying to prevent the loss of his son his daughter-in-law, and his granddaughter, Charlotte. I think Tanhouse is a very interesting sort of unassuming character, at least for the first two seasons. You can tell that he's important. You th- think of him as, as a professor or a clockmaker mm-hmm. or someone who just kind of likes, he's kind of like the tavern <laughs> owner almost that yeah. you see every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And it's not until the very end that is revealed where all of this came from. That you go back and you look through it and you can see every single thread of him throughout the entire show.
2: Yep. And all the symbolism and all the references between everything and and how it all kind of leads back to him and his loss. Yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah. And I love that reveal. The fact that he goes from being the side character who seems to be as wrapped up in everything as everyone else, where he's getting delivered the final version of the time machine that he then uses to finish his prototype. He's given the book that he then copies and writes and gets published. Mm -hmm. He seems to be very much locked into the time loop along with all the other characters until it's revealed that he was at the origin too. He was at the inception of it all.
0: Yeah. I do find it interesting that a lot of the objects that he engages with, like the book or the apparatus, are objects that only exist because he made them, but he was only able to make them because they existed. He is frequently in touch with paradoxes in the Mm -hmm. show, which I find to be very, very interesting as well. He's also someone who finds out about time travel and is like fine with it. Like he works with the time travelers very frequently. He continuously stands out of the timeline in some way, shape or form. Even though he is Charlotte's grandfather, which I find super interesting. I think it is one of those things where he kind of, uh, I don't know. Did it surprise you that it was Tanhouse at the end?
1: Yeah, I think it did. But at the same time, it felt so perfect that after I had that moment of surprise, I thought, oh, of course, of course it would be this character. He's almost hiding within his
2: own character.
0: Yeah, hiding in plain sight.
2: Yeah, I don't think it surprised me either. I was very much, uh, I think... Involved in the reveal that I I was all on board for it, like absolutely yes, yeah, yeah. I don't think I found it that surprising, but I, I it's hard for me to recall back that far. Maybe yeah. it did, maybe it did. I just remember being like, "This is amazing! This is perfect!" Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I think there was a long time ago in the podcast where we started sort of edging onto the discussion of Tan House being God. Yep, when I was preparing for this episode. I kept thinking about all of the knowledge that I feel we've gained that I feel like I take for granted now. I'm like, "Oh, of course it's this. Of course yeah. it's that." Yeah. But in just remembering some of the things that we believed Tanhouse to be God, that we believed Hannah was sort of like came from him and his desire and uh, you know all of these sort of things that come down the line. And when we hit the <laughs> when we hit the the show is Schrodinger's cat discussion which was then supported by ten house literally doing an explanation of schrodinger's cat yep. in the show yep uh un-fucking <laughs> real Unfucking <laughs> fucking real i was like i don't what do we say it's <laughs> like what do we say now?
2: <laughs> well i do have a bomb i've been sitting on for a while <gasps> no i i feel like we have one more bl- mind-blowing moment left
0: stop really oh my god yep. what okay
2: so And I hinted at it with you guys before, but I wanted to save the actual bomb. Okay. And when I tell you, it might freak you out because it brings another thing we talked about where I was like, gee, I don't know, but I was freaking out internally. It ties everything all together now.
1: Okay. Okay. What? Can I just, can I just go?
2: Can I just go? Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 (laughs) So. First of all, we know about names and I've talked about wanting to share this particular anagram bomb for a while. So in my diving, we know that Sonia is literally an anagram for Jonas, right? It's just, mm-hmm. you know, the letters rearranged. And, but Merrick, I was like, oh, that's not Martha, but it's similar to Martha. But if you take in Tanhouse, now it makes Martha Merrick. Tan House, if you take the H and A from Tan House, now you get and the M-A-R from Merrick, you get Martha, right? So in yeah. during this dive, I'm like re-watching the final episode. In the final episode, they show baby Charlotte's face for the first time, which we have not seen until this moment. They very specifically show you her face. Okay, this is it. If you brighten it and you look at this baby's face. You see this. What is that? <gasps> no. What is that on her lip? Stop right oh now. Oh my God. Does she have a cleft lip? She does. Stop right she now. Has, and It's very light and faint, but my God, I, and we're going to put it in the show notes, but <gasps> that's, that's it to me. Like that, that is it. So that means the son of Jonas and Martha is a representation of for sure, of the child that he lost, the grandchild. Yep. Right? Yep. That's why they have the cleft lip. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: It's fucking insane. I mean, it's clever to say that the cleft lip represents the minotaur and like the snout. Mm-hmm. But this whole time we keep following the path back to tan house mm-hmm. and realizing that everything is a trickle down of mm-hmm. him, yep. his grief, his loss, yep. his parentage, etc. So the fact that baby Charlotte in the origin world has a cleft lip, yeah. I mean,
2: perfect. Well, and also throughout the entire series, right. They're talking about how it's for charlotte everything's for oh, charlotte my god. and we talked about this before about how everything is for the life for this life that was lost and we want you to survive they never found the body we never see a picture of the baby's face yeah <gasps> dude oh my it's god like, oh
0: my god yeah oh my god mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry mm-hmm. i'm just i just realized mm-hmm. remember our conversations like oh ava does everything for
2: yeah, and we can't figure out why, why? that's because ava oh. is representing yeah everything in these two worlds is a representation of his loss and grief and you know th- what he will do for his children and martha is emulating Tanhouse's desire to do anything for his children everything yep. is a repetition yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i also mm-hmm. say
0: can mm-hmm. i throw this out here real quick let's just get loosey-goosey with Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. The show starts with Jonas losing his father. Yes. And if we think of death as not being gone forever, Mm -hmm. Merrick would have lost his father the moment he died. He would have moved into a new environment, potentially, like if we believe in afterlife, Mm -hmm. he moves into a new environment with his wife and his daughter. Mm -hmm. And that would mean that he is effectively losing his father at that point. Yeah, could that yeah. be another thing? I don't know.
1: Yeah, death, death as separation. Yeah, dude, it's just, I, that's wild, dude. Yeah, dude, wow, I, what a catch! Mm-hmm, Holy mm-hmm, shit!
2: Mm-hmm, How long have mm-hmm. you been sitting on this? <laughs> a couple months now. At oh least. my god! Yeah, god. I, I, and I'm like, I have to take everything in my power to save it because it's such a crazy fucking reveal that it's like it, 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 again it ties everything together in a yeah. very beautiful way in that yeah. for sure for a while there you know it was before we were introduced to the schrodinger's cat theory as well when i was oh, still wow. trying to reconcile what the heck the unknown had to do with it all do you remember when we did the unknowns episode and i was like i may have changed my mind but yeah. i didn't tell you was why <gasps> yeah
1: Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, I still That's have wild. all those issues that I have yeah. with, you know, Marta and the trope. But, you know, we've gone through that. You've helped me through that even as well with the whole thing being yeah. a performance. But but all of that ties in together then that if the whole thing is a stage play and the whole thing is a performance, of course it is because it's all a representation of Tanhouse's loss and grief and family, it's all a ripple effect of kind of like yeah. what is happening here. And it's interesting and it backed up further in my mind by the fact that Sonia and Merrick, their genders are swapped for Marta and Jonas, and then so is baby Charlotte with them having a son instead Mm -hmm. of a daughter like to me it's a straight parallel that all of their genders are swapped all three of them yeah so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like okay okay that's absolutely how did you even catch that yeah Uh, well I was I was looking for I forget looking for something in particular but it was right after me being like oh that's the first time we see the baby's face and I wanted to zoom in on her eye color because I wanted to see what her eye color was. And then I found the thing because her eyes are bright blue, just like the unknowns as well, by the way. So it's like it was one of those situations where I went, Oh, okay. And then I saw that. And I went, Wait, what is that? Is that what I fucking think it is? And then I double checked to go look at the where the placement is same fucking placement.
0: Also, shout out to the knitted sweater that she's wearing, which is a yellow hood.
2: Yellow raincoat, dude.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, mm-hmm. Absolutely And, and wild. the blanket
2: is, we thought was just red, but it's actually red and yellow striped. The blanket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking insane.
1: Now, wow. Now mm-hmm. more than ever before, I feel like this show is just a nicely wrapped package. Like that was the bow on top for me. It makes it feel even more intentional to the very, very end, which just feels so good.
0: Yeah. It also feels good that, you know, we've spent a year and a half deep diving on this. Yeah. (laughs) On this show and that there was still things to find. And like, what a perfect way to like wrap this episode is by seeing that. Like, I mean, sorry, not wrap this episode because we're not wrapping yet,
2: but. Wrap the podcast. Wrap the podcast. Yeah. To bring it to a clothes now i did end up googling it as well and the reddit seems to be divided on whether or not it's a real cleft lip or just lighting because some people can see it in part of the scene and not others but for me that is enough of a makeup on that baby for me to go okay that was just a little thing they did and maybe you see it and maybe you don't yeah but yeah i think it's like it's wild it's just another situation of it representing Everything's a representation. And I know we don't like that trope of like everything's a dream, but in this way, it's very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that everything's a dream or that nothing mattered and that nothing that they went through mattered because it was all part of learning. But it, it did feel like a very beautiful send off to something basically that you could walk away from. This is what I really like about the finale. So we all had a lot of us had issues with season three, myself included pacing and all sorts of stuff. We talked a little bit about it being presented as a play. And maybe that's why I also feel like maybe they were pressed for time, which is also a thing, but everything changed for me. The moment they made the show a little bit more existential and the moment they kind of turned it inward and Jonas and Marta were having that experience of, you know, going through and looking at their lives and basically saying, was it worth it? What was it all for? will they remember us? That line will haunt me. I went through this period of my life where it was like, don't forget me was like something that I kept feeling or this desire that I had because I was coming to terms with the fact that everybody dies, you know, everything everybody goes through, especially when you're really young. And it's like, to me, seeing them show you, it mattered. Because I think it's, it's really hard to get that idea across. When you first realize or understand that life is temporary and fleeting and you will die and people you love will die. It's really hard to say, especially if you don't necessarily believe in religion, like myself, like an afterlife, as it were, I believe this is it. And what the fuck is the point? Pardon my French, right? Like if it's so short, and if we're going to die anyway, and you know, there's going to be a lot of pain and suffering in my life, then you know, I'm fucking Adam. Uh, what is the point? Let's just stop this all from continuing to happen. But I'm also Ava, where I can say the point is this really delicious cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. The point is this conversation. The point is this podcast. The point is this friendship that has stemmed from this podcast. I'm not simply waiting to die. I am existing in this moment. I am experiencing, I am partaking in the fleeting joy that is life. And that is awesome. Mhm. That is really cool. I love that they showed that through sci-fi. They basically presented you a scenario in which you can without a doubt say that it really matter. It wasn't real. Their existence was an offshoot, a product of trying to save an origin world. Technically, their existence had a beginning and an end and it's over and it doesn't, you know, logically you can look at it and say it doesn't matter. And I'm using air quotes, but it mattered to us. They made us care. And I think I find that really beautiful because it is hard to articulate that type of existential thought of like people always say, live in the moment, as if we will get distracted or we will be thinking about the macro level all the time, but we aren't. Even when we're living in the moment, it's not living in the moment, it's just live, just mm-hmm. experience life. Your purpose. On this earth, in my humble opinion, is to just exist and experience all the things that you need to experience. That means joy. That means pain. That means all of the things, because all of it together is what we get. And that's it.
1: Yeah. Very topically, I ran across a quote recently that touches on that very thing. And it doesn't really seem to have an origin. A couple people have been quoted as saying it, but the quote is. Everyone lives two lives. The second one starts when you realize you have only one. Wow. Wow. And that one really hit me because that's that's kind of where I am in life, realizing that time is fleeting, and we only have this time, and we don't know how long it's going to be. So make the most of it. Experience enjoy, go through all the emotions, the whole spectrum of human experience, and just be grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that was something that sort of uh, was an additional part of the takeaway of that lesson for me. The ending, the finale was about ending the timeline, but what does ending the timeline mean for these characters and these people? It yeah. means death. And mm-hmm. I think that death is a key element in life. I think that the knowledge of our death, the knowledge that we only have this amount of time, the knowledge mm-hmm. that we have have to appreciate and experience and grow and absorb as much as we can while we can in my opinion it's kind of what gives life its purpose because if you were just living in this constant never-ending cycle not learning anything new not doing anything new just perpetually moving over and over and over again Mm -hmm. that's not life either you know Mm -hmm. and i think that that cup of coffee tastes so sweet because eventually there will be no more coffee.
2: Yeah. For yep. you.
0: Yep, you yep. know. Yep. That hug from that person you love is as meaningful as it is because you get it now. Yeah. And there will be a time when you won't. And I think that when they say will they remember us? It's not only an existential question and it's not only a very understandable question and mm-hmm. I think it really cuts to the core of what it feels to be human. But it's also a question of like very basic, when we die, will they remember us? Did we matter? Which we've talked about before. And I think that the way in which Dark epitomized everything about the human experience and the human life and the passion and the suffering, the trauma and the grace, everything that's there in the show, it ended with the final human experience, which is death. And then the first human experience, which is birth, because Hannah is pregnant in the final scene. Yeah, and yeah. she says, I've always liked the name Jonas. And it, it implies to us that, yes, it is a cycle and this cycle ended, but it will continue. It's yeah. just not yep. the type that you imagine. And it's it's not the version that you saw here. And there will be death and there will be life. And it all continues in this time
1: travel loop but that's just what life that is human, existence. human existence that is
2: human nature yeah. yep that's exactly right
1: which ties into our conversation last radio winden about energy and how energy yeah. is neither yeah. created nor destroyed it just gets recycled and reused into different ways
2: mhm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and like the idea that you know will will they remember us it gave me goosebumps the way they look at each other and i just i encourage you to go back and watch that that last scene because i think for me In that moment, I realized dark was an exploration in how to be present. Dark was an exploration in different philosophies and different ways to live your life in such a very wrapped in fiction sort of way. And whether they intended that or not, I'm not sure. But we know they studied a lot of different religions And so maybe it seeped its way in. Yeah. But we know the types of things and the types of books that were on that reading list. And a lot of that reading list was spiritualism and like philosophy. And so I think for Charlotte, I think in a lot of ways, we are Charlotte, just as much as we are Jonas and Marta and Tenhouse. We Mm -hmm. have all those same qualities, but the entire show is for Charlotte. The entire show is for us. The entire show is to show you kind of a taste of what living in the moment can be like what life might be like the pain you might feel but that it's all worth it in the end it honestly feels like the entire show is the parental experience oh mm. yeah where it's like the love yeah. the things you will do for your child and the things that you will go through the pain the joy all of that wrapped up into you know what it is to be a parent and ultimately to to be lost to your child yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, the places you'll go.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I think that fits really perfectly with so many of the themes that we see in the show. And we've talked about the theme of parent-child relationship. There's tons of it. Almost every character yes. has some sort of parent-child inter interweaving mm-hmm. there. And so much of Marta becoming pregnant Yep. is Marta and Jonas, you know, participating in that life cycle. Yeah.
2: It's interesting too, because you see all sorts of parental relationships in the show as well that are Mm -hmm. showcased. You see the awful situation between Katerina and her mother. You see Inez going out of her way to raise a son, even though they're not biologically related and doing things that she thinks is best for him. We see, obviously, Ulrich. We see Hannah. We see Katerina towards her children. It feels like they went out of their way to showcase as many different parental relationships as they could. Yeah. And when you look at the whole series as a whole after that, knowing what we know about mm-hmm. Tan House trying to do anything to save his kids, of course, of course, the show is going to be littered with those complex parental relationships. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: What a, what a bomb.
2: Mm-hmm. I did have a couple of Tanhouse quotes that I saved. I know yeah. I read one or two in a previous episode. So if I'm repeating it, I apologize. I thought it was very interesting to go through and look at some of the things he said, because there's not a lot throughout the show, especially in season one, knowing what we know now. Yeah. And also, we did have that thought
1: where everything he said could be one long narrative, which I yes. did look into and it Ooh. doesn't really seem to um mm-hmm. i got through season one and it was more just chunks of information where he talks about that time is linear or we trust that time is linear then he talks about black holes and he talks about searching for ariadne's thread it doesn't seem to be a continuation mm-hmm. so i think it's just more that role of being the world creator the narrator the god voice
2: may i propose a thought just a fun mm-hmm. thought yes. experiment when I went back and looked at the things he was saying around the second or third quote, I went, oh, he's talking to baby Charlotte. He's talking to Charlotte. You Remember how Charlotte very specifically says, oh, my grandpa would talk about this stuff all the time.
1: Oh, yeah. Go so the through moments those where quotes, it's his voice. Yeah. Over and imagine scene.
2: him talking to his granddaughter. <sighs> yeah. He's trying to teach and instruct. And it's very interesting, oh. which again, if we're Charlotte then it makes sense that he's talking to us and both Charlotte at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the first quote. Our thinking is shaped by dualism, entrance, exit, black and white, good and evil. Everything appears as opposite pairs, but that is wrong. What? What? That is dark season one. As you sow, so you shall reap.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
2: There aren't two. There are three, right? Yeah, or there's just more, and it's not just one or the other. It's not just dualism. Here he says this in season one as well. Black holes are considered to be the hellmouths of the universe. Those who fall inside disappear forever. But where to? What lies behind a black hole? Along with things, do space and time also vanish there? Or would space and time be tied together and be part of an endless cycle? What if everything that came from the past were actually influenced by the future?
1: (laughs) With our recent conversation about black
2: holes and white holes, that Mm -hmm. holds new significance to me. Yeah. Yep. Me also. And also that last line, what if everything came from the past were influenced by the future Yep. implies that everything that happened, well, the beginning is the end is what he's saying. But also that that final scene, that final moment where they make that choice affected the very beginning of the show, which is also yeah. interesting to think about as well. Like if all of that is in that black hole, which is that imagery that they show us over and over again, that big, you know, encompassing hole that all of Winden is in. If the beginning is the end, then how did that ending affect the beginning of the show? interesting food for thought. Mm. Because I can't think of anything immediately. Mm -mm. Especially because I'm so holding so hard onto the Schrodinger's cat. And once we've watched the entire show, we are observing it. And now we can finally see the reality in which they succeed. And in my head canon, and this may be a bit depressing, they're still in that loop. There are still Martha's and Jonas's doing that loop over and over and over again i agree. it's just yeah. there is a reality in which they did succeed and they stopped uh, existing and they saved yeah. his kids but yeah the way i view time travel and if the schrodinger's box theory is is kind of where we're going which is where i'm going then that loop is still happening which makes sense because i can start the season over again
1: well watch it you know, actually, mm-hmm. now that you've said that, mm-hmm. if we go back to the first episode, yes, the show begins with the HG Tan house voiceover mm-hmm. and Michael slash Michael hanging himself. Mm-hmm. But really, it begins with Jonas waking up with a gasp yeah. as if he just dreamt about something yeah. maybe like disappearing yeah. on a road
2: with a girl yeah. that yeah. he felt like he knew. Yeah.
0: Does that mean that every time we watch it, we release another two worlds?
2: I think so. And we're re-experiencing and there's another instance where they succeed, Mm -hmm. right? Because again, it's really hard to grasp the concept of infinite. It's just difficult for us. (laughs) So the idea that there are infinite possibilities, an infinite number of situations where they succeed or they don't succeed, a series of very tiny events that affect the outcome of your day, let alone this huge outcome. It's hard for us to comprehend that. But the reality is there are hundreds upon hundreds and thousands and thousands of instances where they succeed and hundreds Mm -hmm. and hundreds of thousands of instances where they don't. But I think if we look at everything as being in a time loop, yeah, they break it, but we viewed it as linear, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. And so there is still Infinite number of situations where they don't succeed, and they will continue to do that, because time is happening all at once in this black hole in this bubble, and everything's happening together. Mm-hmm. We just happen to look and observe, and then through that observation, we saw a different outcome than the normal loop over and over. Now, final quote, I think: Why do we decide for one thing and against another? Does it matter whether the decision is based upon consequence? or a series of casual links, or that instead it stems from an undefined feeling inside me. Perhaps everything in my life boils down to this one moment, that I'm part of this puzzle, one that I can neither understand nor influence. Now that's wild. Because not only did you influence it, you created it, my friend.
0: Yeah, you bro, know, <laughs> <huh>? you, <laughs> Bro, you made is, it. <laughs> yeah,
2: everything is here. But now think about that in an aspect of, you know, Murgle saying, what does the show mean to you? Life yeah. is what you make it. That's what the show means to me. You can choose to be Eret Lux, or you can choose to be Sigmundus. I can choose to say, none of this pain is worth it. Or I can choose to say, it's worth everything. Yeah. And I think for me, that's kind of like what the show drives home and it is what I appreciate. It also gives me another understanding for, for um, determinism in a way in which I used to be very kind of against determinism or just kind of like I couldn't really wrap my brain around it or it just felt weird and it felt like I was losing my free will. But I have a, I'm very much at peace now with determinism and I kind of mm-hmm. like it and I kind of like it a lot. I find a little bit of comfort yeah. in the thought, which I never used to
0: because it, it comforts me. Yeah. yeah. It
2: comforts me now yeah. as well. Whereas before I used to think, but the, but the, what does that mean? You know, Neo in the matrix that I can't just suddenly decide, I don't want to have my coffee hot. No, it means that you will absolutely decide to do that. If that's what you would have decided, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. If that's who you are, then of course you're going to decide that. But it's like this idea that at any given moment, you are actually trying the best that you can with what you have, the tools that you have that are presented to you. And that, you know, that's just how humans function. Whether your tool set is survival, whether your tool set is power, whether your tool set is love, you're going to do the best that you can to achieve the goals with that tool set that you have. And there's peace in that for me, because I, yeah. I understand my tool set fairly well. And so I go, okay, I am doing the best that I can at any given moment with what I have. And, you know, I've said this a lot on the podcast, but everything that happened to me in my life led me to this moment where I will decide to make the decision that I'm deciding to make. And I'm okay with that. And that is determinism at its very basic level. And for a long time, I thought determinism could not be married to existentialism, yet they're somehow intrinsically linked when you look at philosophy a lot of times you get, you know, determinists and existentialists, or the two are blended together, and they seem to oppose nihilism. And then sometimes nihilism is blended together, so it's just kind of interesting to look at. But I understand now. I understand now how determinism can be married with existentialism, and I appreciate it. So well, that's what the show means to me.
1: Yeah, well said. I think that's that's kind of where I've landed too. Mm-hmm. And I also go back and think about what we were talking about how dark is an expression of healing through grief Mm -hmm. in that it affects so many things. We see it almost personified in the characters and the generations and the themes within Winden. Mm -hmm. But just the concept of even though it is that great and sometimes that all-consuming, there's still light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And I know that Your question at the beginning of this episode, Mergles, was what lengths would you go to in that situation? And while I think I would be like 10 house and would want to move mountains and flip the universe in order to get my loved ones back, Mm -hmm. I also just like recognize that it's a shared journey. It's something that I think everyone experiences and the experience of grief unites us and that's also comforting too just knowing mm-hmm. that human experience while incredibly singular because you are the one experiencing these these events and these emotions it's something that other people share too and like we saw that with all the characters within winden they each were going through grief and loss and trauma in their own ways mm-hmm. but that's also kind of what united them throughout the story yep
0: yeah as you were speaking about that just now it occurred to me that by the time we get to tanhouse building the machine and turning mm-hmm. it on we understand why he's doing it there's not a moment yeah. where they need to create the exposition to be like oh because the entire show is the
2: exposition yep
0: everything yep. that happens yep. in the show is the answer to that question of yep. why he would do that
2: yep exactly yep when we're ready i d- and at that moment might be now i did want to kind of go through Not just Tannhaus quotes, but quotes from the show that I feel reflected what they were trying to teach you as if the show were a parent trying to prepare you for life and trying to prepare Mm. you for that existential crisis that hits us all. And just how when I look at moments from the show and the script and the writing, I see that. I see all the philosophies reflected back. I see all the moments of trying to teach and educate you and prepare you, but wrapped up in fiction. But if you pull it out of the fiction for a second, it's real, true wisdom in here. There are quite a few, so bear with me. And I'll, I'll pause after each one. We can talk about it a little bit. Things only change when we change them, but you have to do it. Simple, but deep. <laughs> That's talking about time travel. But if you take it out of the fiction, what is that talking about? That's talking about anything in your life. That's talking about addiction. That's talking about going to the gym regularly. That's talking about like anything, any change you want to make in your life. Hate your job. You got to, you got to do it. You got to put in the work to change your life if you're unhappy with it. Things only change when we do it, but you have to put in the work to do it. It's like one of my favorite quotes from BoJack. It gets easier, but you got to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's that same principle, which is just wild. Mickels, Michael, the father of the show, has a couple of really good ones that kind of punch. The truth is a strange thing. You can try to suppress it, but it will always find its way to the surface. Oh, yeah. Now, in this scene context, he's talking about I was kidnapped and nobody believed me. But the truth is now bubbling forward. But again, take it out of the fiction. What's it talking about? Yeah. Your own personal truth of the truth in life where you may try to run from things, but it will always bubble up. You're always Mm going to have to, you know, deal with that and confront that. Another one that I saved, this one's from Tan House. There are things out there that our little minds will never comprehend. That is my motto lately where I yeah. just mm-hmm. have to constantly remind myself we don't have all the answers. I might never get the answers and that's okay.
1: Again, going back to our last radio winden episode mm-hmm, <laughs> where mm-hmm, we talked about mm-hmm. just how, you know, humans yeah. have been wrong so many times at this point throughout history, there is no reason why we would be right right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This one from Noah, my boy Noah. Every now and then, it's good to question those who question things. So don't follow blindly no matter if that Following blindly is something that led you to question your current reality. Question that as well. You know, don't stop at the first questioning. Continue to question. Always question. Always be questioning and wondering and be open to new ideas and perspectives. And and that will cause you to grow and change and give you the tool set to be able to go through life the way you want to go through life and the, with the ability to be able to change things.
0: It helps you grow out of your little loop.
2: That's absolutely right. This one from Marta we all will face the same end. We all die. <laughs> that's it, right? Facts, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We all face the same thing in the end and that is to die. And I think there's a Donnie Darko quote that's like, we all die alone or something like that. But you know, it's like this idea that we are all going to face the same ultimate final experience and that is death. Through life, we have a lot of shared experiences with others and a lot of experiences that we can't relate to or can't, you know, kind of understand. But in the end, we will all have the same shared experience. And that is that of death.
0: It's funny because that reminds me of one of the sort of things that I'm trying to keep in mind lately, or at least a a journey that I've been on recently, Mm -hmm. is just understanding that the most important relationship that I have is the one that I have with myself. Yes. Because at the end of the day, it's me me and me baby you know which is like (laughs) yeah i don't think of it as depressing anymore i used to think of it as really depressing i think especially if you don't really fancy yourself it can be really hard but yeah now it's comforting to know that that partnership or that like being that i always searched for or longed for i can be that for me always and that we like i the person who's going to experience my death with me is me, which sounds probably weird. And it grew from me starting to, I was in therapy and I was learning techniques about how to speak to myself as if I was a different person. And once I started being able to do that and understanding that, it became a lot easier for me to lean into the idea that it's like me and me and that it can be a beautiful thing and and a safe thing. And that safety that I search for is within myself all the time.
2: Yeah. My therapist said something that I thought that stopped me in my tracks a little bit, kind of casually. She's been doing this wonderful thing where she checks me, like stops me mid-sentence to be like, "Uh uh-uh, that's not acceptable. Um, (laughs) And it's usually in my self-deprecation or the way that I am talking about myself or the way I'm being hard on myself. Now, I thought I was totally aware of when I was doing this, Making self deprecating jokes or whatever. But the moments in which she checks me are ones where I don't see it coming and I don't see that I am doing it. So it's the perfect time to check me. But most recently, she checked me and said, Would you say that to your best friend? And I've heard this technique before talk to yourself as if you were talking to your best friend because obviously you're not going to say this stuff. And I said, No. She goes, Exactly. You shouldn't. You would never speak to your best friend that way. And you should be your best friend. Like you yourself should be your own best friend. Yeah. Yeah, it fucking blowing. it fucking took me back. I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, you're right. I should I should be."
1: Because, I- <laughs> like Margot said, it's it's me and me, baby. It's me like, and me, baby. Yeah. And also,
2: just you know, how can this part of you? How can you be the best version for other people when you don't have that support? And really, truly, you can only get that support from yourself. So, yeah. if I'm not being my own best friend, then how can that person be the best for other people that I care that we both care about? And it's hard for me to articulate this because I'm, I'm breaking me into two separate people here. But like PB number one, is that like subconscious PB, right? Who's being mean to me? PB number two, and PB number two is best friends with Mergles and Acorn and like loves all these people in our lives and she's the one that's interacting with everybody well how can she be the very best for them if i'm treating her like shit? Mm -hmm. i gotta love her and support her and lift her up so that she can take care of all the people we both love it's mind-blowing
0: it's it's a full it's a full like (laughs) recalibration
2: recalibration yeah
0: yeah it's like a universe changing moment And it trickles down like I have more than once. Boy, have I more than once. And I might be showing my ass a little bit on this podcast at this moment since we're all being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But I've more than once had like a very stern talking to myself in the mirror where I've been like, babe, you need to listen to me right now. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) I think talking to myself the way that I've always wanted yeah, someone to talk to me yeah and i think the other thing too is that like especially if you struggle with trust or yeah. any of those things like it can be really emotionally valuable to suddenly realize like oh i can trust myself yes yes and
2: absolutely And she's yes. always
0: there she will know? always be there
2: and there yeah. is no separating us period yeah. and there's yeah. such a safety in that of going yeah oh, okay that's that's wonderful. And I, I I saw something. Uh, my friend sent me this Instagram video because he's just been up way too late watching Instagram shit. But he sent mm-hmm. me this video of this guy who says people are always so wrapped up in can I trust this person or not? Who cares? You can or you cannot. But there is literally no way for you to know if they will hurt you or not. And they might, and they might not. All you need to focus on is whether or not you'll be okay if that thing does happen or not happen. But you're the only one that's going to be there always, no matter what, period. It's you and you, same thing that we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So focus on the knowledge and the understanding that you will be okay because you've got you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. And just think yeah. about that for a second. Imagine if instead of me being like, fucking get your shit together, you're not good enough. Imagine if I was like, oh, hey, I got you. You fucking sit there in the corner because I know you need to do that for a second. And I'll just take over for a bit. I'll just take the wheel. We'll do the dishes tomorrow. You know how I would actually do it if I was watching my best friend have a fucking meltdown. I would be like, let me get the fucking ice cream, dude. I wouldn't be like, get your shit together. (laughs) right?" This segues actually into a quote that I picked out from the stranger that hurt me when I when I was doing this project of like going through quotes in the end, we will all get just what we deserve. And it stopped me because I went, where's the fucking wisdom in that? That just seems like, what if the only things that happened to me in life are shitty? Did I deserve that? No. But then I go back to the original quote of change only happens when we do it, but yeah. we have to do the work. So if I don't do that work, then okay, then I'm giving myself what I think I deserve. So what I need to do is switch my perspective, right? Yeah. And switch the perspective of, hey, I deserve good things. I deserve this stuff. I deserve to be happy and exist. And if I think that, then of course, I'm going to be doing my very best to work towards that. And then what happens? In the end, I get that.
1: Yeah. Because that's what you thought you deserved. Because that's what
2: I thought I deserved. And in the end, it's only me and me, right? Yeah. It's only us in control. And then... Another one that I really like from Claudia, there are moments when we must understand that our decisions influence more than just our own fate. That again, basic fucking words of wisdom here. You know, it's not just you in the world. Other people are affected by what you're doing. Now, this one we've talked about before. If I now change my past, I will change who I am right now. And I don't want to do that the stranger. I think that's a very good word of wisdom that is worth repeating because I know there are people listening to this podcast that have gone through some shit. And I know that the three of us have, and we talk about this a lot, you know, the what ifs, if only I had this, if only this had happened, if only these things had not happened, but all this led you to who you are and who you are is fantastic and beautiful and lovely. And you deserve to be loved. We all deserve to be loved. We all deserve to have love and be friends and watch this fucking show, love this show, grow from this show. We all deserve to be right here in this moment and we deserve to make that moment better and grow. So I'm going to repeat that quote, even though we've said it multiple times, wouldn't have it any other way, even though that way has been a little bit painful. Now, following up that quote with probably my favorite quote from the show, from our boy Noah, your pain defines who you are but it no longer holds power on you.
1: Oof. Oof. (laughs) For the record, I've been crying for about five minutes now. (laughs) For our listeners. Just big, (laughs) fat tears rolling Mm -hmm. down my cheeks.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of other runner-ups that I would like to, uh, honorable mentions. That one is Mm -hmm. for sure my favorite, but there are a couple of others that I think are worth repeating since this is the finale. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow are not consecutive. They are connected in a never-ending circle. Everything is connected, which I just think is wonderful. And that's kind of the whole idea of what if the future informs the past? I love that. I'm hoping that by tomorrow, things will already be different from today. And that's from The Stranger. And I think that that's just like oh. something we all feel when we're working towards change in our lives or we're working towards being better people or we're working towards what we want to be. I think we can all feel that. Again, this one I really like. What we know is a drop. What we do not know, an ocean. That's one quote we've talked about before, but worth repeating. Marta, in the end, death is just a new beginning.
0: And that's exactly what they show us at the end of the show.
2: Yep, that's exactly right. And also one of my favorite quotes from Hook, a random movie that I'm mentioning, (laughs) is death is the next adventure.
1: Oh, yes. Yes.
2: And so... And that, I think, has been repeated in uh, media elsewhere as well. I think Dumbledore says the same thing in the Harry Potter series.
0: I think Lord of the Rings too. Yeah,
2: Lord of the Rings. It's just like a it's just a continuing thought that we can see throughout human culture and media that you know, death is just another part of life, another great big adventure. I think this is the final quote that's runner up: "Life is a labyrinth. Some wander around until their' death in search of a way out of it rather than experiencing it, right? That whole idea. Some people spend their whole lives wandering around, trying to get out of this labyrinth, rather than just staying in the labyrinth and experiencing it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: If life is the labyrinth, yeah, that's that's what you experience. Yeah, it's not trying to get to the end or trying to get out or Mm -hmm. get a different different version.
2: Yeah, that is said by Adam. So, final Jonas says that, and final Jonas also says. Death is incomprehensible, but we can reconcile ourselves with it. And life is a gift for those who know how to use it. Adam says that. Adam says that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, 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 oh. And the final one. <laughs> I scrolled down. The final one. Old Tanhouse's father says everything that once lived lives on forever in the eternity of time.
1: Oh, my God. Why don't I remember that one? That's amazing. Because it's
2: stuck in the sci-fi narrative and we miss it. But when you pull it out and look at it as just words of wisdom, oof. And that's the kind of idea of like, yeah, you will live on in people's memory or your experience or just the idea that what you did in your lifetime that day that you decided to pay for the person's coffee behind you, or the day that you were late causing somebody else to miss their train and not get killed on the way to the, train like the stuff that we do, it's again, it's incomprehensible to understand the macro of it all and how our lives affect other people. And it's not just like Claudia said, it's not just certain actions that affect others it's literally everything you do dude it's every step you take and that can seem overwhelming and scary because what if this thing i do hurts somebody else or you know causes this butterfly effect but like you don't have control over that and also it's happening to you everything that everybody else is deciding and doing is affecting you as well and you know we're these reactionary creatures and trust me you're going to do the best that you can with the tools that you have no matter what and that's just, mm-hmm. that's just the, the net, the map, the labyrinth that is life where everything is connected, my string to your string. The fact that I was late to work, causing the meeting to be delayed, causing somebody to kind of be in a bad mood or a good mood has such a crazy rippling effect on everything that of course you will be remembered because your existence affected everything in the world. We know it today, everything step you took. And that is a crazy powerful thought. Because even if when I die, if I don't have kids, who's left to physically remember me? My family, my younger sisters until they are gone. And that's it. Maybe kids I mentor or help and that generation, but what that's three generations max. Unless I do something crazy like your cancer and my name lives on. But I think that's what people think when they think legacy. I have to get into history. I have to do something that leaves a name or a stamp to be remembered. But I think that's what the show is telling you when Hannah says, I've always liked the name Jonas. Is she really truly remembering Jonas? No. But what they did affected everything. And that's the same thing for us too, right? Maybe matchmaking somebody else or running into somebody at a coffee shop caused these two people to fall in love and they have kids and because they have kids on and on and on, you know, that kind of thing. But it was because you spilled your coffee or just something so small, we can't wrap our brains around it, but it does have an effect. That's really cool. And that's something that I I never really thought about until recently in exploring these elements of the show through this podcast, even not even just watching the show. I would have walked away from the show and been like, cool, existential dread. Cool. They addressed it. Cool. You live on (laughs) blah, blah, blah. But it is through exploring these things in the show that I'm like, Oh, even me being a recluse has done some things that I maybe couldn't wrap my brain around, you know, in the last year, barely leaving my house. We tend to think in a physical form Like unless I'm physically present or unless I am, you know, interacting with another human in a tactile way, I can't be affecting anything. But the world is affected merely by my existence. What? That's insane. Anyway.
1: It's also, that's like the biggest way to combat loneliness Yeah, and feeling isolated. Yeah. Remembering that you're just one part in this giant web of human experience and every little movement you make will... Ripple and affect the other parts of the web. Yeah. In large ways or small ways.
2: Mm-hmm. I think there was a quote that's popping up into my mind. I think I read it, but I don't know if I did. But it's basically that idea like, we are not individuals. We're all part of a collective whole. I can't mm-hmm. remember who said that. It might have been Ava, but yeah, it's just like, inter- it's interesting to think about that, that we are part of something. Now, I- I'd like to, if we have time, bring up something that happened yesterday again, everything's all connected. Acorn and I are part of a very small writers group because we're trying to get back into writing. And a random conversation happened in this writing group, but it's related somehow to this today. It went something along the lines of that sci-fi idea that, you know, you are presented with a clone of yourself. And is that you? It's that whole philosophical idea of if a clone is before you, are they you? Who's you? Is it your physical body or is it your consciousness? Is the copy of you you? Are you both you? The memory of your experiences. Yeah. So this copy would have all of the memories up until the moment it was created. So essentially, it's exactly you, but now it's in a now it's standing before you and you're both there. Who's the original and like who's the copy? And it was a very interesting discussion where some of the people in the group believe that, you know, there is an original and there isn't one. And I used to believe, okay, here's the original. Copy is still a super valid perspective and is still a form of you. But for the first time, I realized my perspective on this had changed because I was able to say, no, they're both the original. They're both me because my memories and my experiences are only a copy of an experience. Right when I'm recalling it, I'm just recalling yeah. a copy and it's not always accurate of the actual event that happened. This person that has been created right next to me has the same like consciousness and thoughts and feelings. So, aren't we the same thing then? Am I why am I limiting myself on my physical body then? Why am I confining myself to just this space instead of going, Holy shit, I have now grown and expanded. My consciousness to be able to experience life in two different directions at the same time. So this Mm. quote, copy unquote of me can go through life and we will sit down at the end of it all and go, what was it like for you? And both learn, but we're not both learning. I'm learning. And then we went from that train of thought to now, what if that happened, but the body was different. So you didn't recognize the copy of you physically. And then from that train of thought, we went to, at what point do you no longer feel like you are the same person then? Is it just the physical body or is it the fact that your experiences are the same up until a point? How long do your experiences have to be the same before the divergence happens? And then we talked about, okay, well, what if you and I, Mergles, have spent entire lifetimes as Jonas? Now we're born into Mergles and PB. And for In eternity, we've had the same shared experience, but now our lives and experiences are different. So then what if that is what humanity is? What if that is what human consciousness is? What if that bigger whole that we're a part of is what if we're all one entity or one being that has somehow gone from this 4D universe and plopped ourselves into a 3d universe what if a 3d person tried to put themselves onto a 2d experience like what if we as 3d individuals tried to experience life on a piece of paper what do we lose obviously if you show me a square or a cube it's going to look like a square to me and if i move to the other side it's going to look like another square i'm not going to realize it's the same fucking thing i'm not going to realize it's a cube it's another side of the same thing. So it's just a fun thought experiment to think, what if that's what humanity is? What if we're all a cube, but we're experiencing life in this way? So all we see is another person, but really it's all the same. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting thought experiment. It's the egg. Yeah, yeah it, it is. The egg, the egg. which yep. we talked
1: about in mm-hmm. a previous mm-hmm. episode, the egg by Kirk is Kirk I can never say this. Kirk is at Kurtz
2: well, Kirkkozak does a video on it and yeah, also Almeletto yeah. does a very good one as well. It's more cinematic mm-hmm. called re-entry, but it's based off of a short story by Andy exactly. Weir called the egg yeah mm-hmm. yeah, but both of those things will link again in the show notes for you guys to watch because it's worth watching for sure um but it's just like that whole idea and you know, then we got talking about how to relate this to fiction. And what if deja vu is really just you remembering an experience you've somebody else has had collectively because we're all mm-hmm. part of this one big entity that has somehow tried to experience life in this type of existence. And we've yeah. lost the ability to be able to see the cube that we all are what if together. The, yeah.
1: What if we were originally a four dimensional yeah. being that put ourselves into a three dimensional space and forgot what it was like to be a four-dimensional being,
2: yeah. Or we've just lost the ability to see to see it or to understand it because we're trying to experience life in this way. It's just an interesting, yeah. yeah
0: we're all the same RPR with yeah eight billion characters on the server. Yep,
2: that's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yep, yep,
1: yep. And what what the thought experiment really ends up doing, I think, is kind of propagating empathy yep. and compassion for mm-hmm. other people because when you put yourself into the position of what if that person standing next to me is me in some way. Yeah. What if I am tied to them more closely than I originally thought? Then you tend to feel more connected to them and more empathetic about them. And I think this is something that I have done in the past, which really opened my eyes and kind of, again, ties to like Tibetan Buddhism, actually. Yeah. Just the concept of recognizing that we are all here on the earth experiencing the same experience and that you can have compassion for someone who is doing wrong because they don't know any better, because they are the outcome of all of their life experiences. And yeah. that's just the best that they can do right now. And so you can try to guide them and forgive them for the action, but then also hold them accountable for the things that they're doing and just that kind of thing. And it's yeah. it's also, like I said before, comforting to think of yourself as being part of this bigger creation, this bigger web yeah, because then it's like it gives you more to lean on, more to feel connected to. Yeah. You
0: know, the way in which the characters of Dark have their HG House, where they are living in this time loop which is separate but not separate from yeah. the world. Mm. It is the same. Mm. It is the same people multiplied across many, many different multiverses of existence all originating from Tanhouse who made them. Doesn't know it, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like the most. It reminds me a lot of just the birth of the universe. The universe made us, and it doesn't know we're there. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it does. I don't know, but I doubt it. We just yeah cropped up into existence. HG Tanhouse turned on the machine, and the universe was born. And it just went off and did all all this stuff. And yeah, no one could have anticipated that this is what would happen. And now we've got eight billion people living singular lives over and over and over again on this planet yeah. that shouldn't exist with this star that is perfect and just all of these yeah. things. And I think it could potentially make you feel sad to think that HG Tanhouse doesn't know what he did.
2: But we don't know what we're doing. Exactly. And we don't know what we've done. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think it's yeah. beautiful that we, and I've mentioned this before, but I think it's even more beautiful that we just exist by perfect chance Yeah, And we got that gift, you know,
1: we got that. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to say. That's fucking beautiful. Yeah. And thank you for bringing it back in that way, because that is exactly a parallel to what Mm -hmm. we're talking about. That is exactly what happens in Dark.
2: Yep. I also think it illustrates the human nature and tendency to kind of view ourselves as a main character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which Acorn brought up yesterday. We tend to view ourselves as the main character and that our life is our story and it revolves around us as a main character. But then when you realize, "Oh hey, Jonas isn't the main character, or he is for his own experience, but so's Marta, and so's Tanhouse. Everybody has a story. Everybody's the main character. Pull yourself back a little bit from that. Remind yourself on a daily basis that that woman that gave you coffee. she's not a side character in your story. Yeah, She's a main character that happened to cross paths with you today.
0: Yeah. Saunder. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Well, I think I would personally like to say, since mm-hmm. this is our last episode, I just want to personally thank you both for first of all, uh suggesting doing this podcast. I think if I remember correctly, I invited myself to it. <laughs> <laughs> or you invited, someone invited so. me. It was, <laughs> I think, uh,
2: yeah, Acorn and I had talked about it because we were both huge fans of the show. Yeah, But I don't know if you'd seen it yet, Mergs, or you'd seen season one. I'd seen season or part one. Season one. Yeah. yeah and so, uh, you know, I always wanted you, but I didn't want you to feel obligated. And also I wanted to make sure that we picked people that were obsessed with the show, right? Of course, right? Yeah. yeah. So so it was like that. And then when I asked you, you were like, absolutely, because, and then you had finished the entire like season one and two rewatch in like a week and yeah, a half. You I binged, binged it. it. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's just like, I look back on the beginning of this podcast and it was as serendipitous and kismetty yes. and yeah. fortuitous as I think many of the things in dark itself. And I'm eternally yeah. grateful for being a part of it. So thank you both for having me.
2: Yeah. Thank you both. Oh my for, God. The yeah. same. Yeah. Same. Uh, and I, Obviously coming up to the end of the podcast has shit. I made it all the way through. God damn it. <laughs> Obviously coming up to the end of the podcast has got me thinking about all of it, you know, and I, I did make the mistake of going through our early DMs. Oh no. Yeah. Cause everything's in this group, right? We've got this discord DM that has the whole history of this podcast in it. And I went through the beginning and seeing our excitement and uh picking the art for the cover and going through all of that and making sure that it was like you know uh, what we wanted to do the conversation about how do we want to run this you know do we want to just do episode by episode and all of that and um it feels like different women it does looking back yeah and reading that and uh
1: even just thinking back to that time like oh my god so much has happened yeah
2: it feels like a lifetime ago it does it feels like i've lived you know <laughs> in a couple of loops to be honest yeah to get me back to this point so yeah i'm also eternally grateful this is something that's um done a lot of podcast projects this one is my favorite
1: this will always be special yep <gasps>
0: so, <laughs> general man noises
2: yeah. <laughs> i think this conversation was the perfect end of this podcast and we should never believe anything else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because it's
0: true. We also want to thank you, listeners. Thank you so much for giving us your ear and your time. We also want to thank you deeply for rating and reviewing the show. Yes. uh, Because the fact that you did that meant that it reached more ears and for that we'll be forever grateful.
2: Yeah, made the conversation bigger and to no one's surprise, the three of us went the entirety of this podcast without making a Reddit post. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nah. oh, no. So we didn't advertise the show at all. Yeah. yeah. We just couldn't we couldn't find it in ourselves to do that. So it is because of you and you, yes you, for telling your friends, for telling your coworkers, for taking the time to smack that five-star review on apple to talk about it anywhere yeah online that caused it to you know apple ended up featuring it a couple times and more people were able to listen to it and the conversation was expanded and uh without you that wouldn't have been possible so thank you thank you from the bottom of our hearts thank you and thank you everybody for listening and joining us on this journey yeah i think it's time yeah we should do our oh, shit. final stuff our final stuff before you turn the podcast off thinking we're going to go off and final things. And we just want to encourage you to stay subscribed to this podcast, please, please, please. The only reason we say that is because we know we're going to do something else. And whether that's something else is a different show that we know you love, or whether that's something else is the new show by the creators of dark. We all know it's going to be supernatural bullshit and philosophy. So hang in there with us. Yeah. We will definitely post a trailer or an announcement on this feed so that you can find us. If you don't want to wait and you would like to find us elsewhere, you can do so by giving a follow to the Dark Companion Pod on Twitter or tweeting us there. You can always reach out via our email, darkcompanionpod at gmail.com. If you want to see what we're up to in between individually, I know you can find me at Twitter at Pumpkinberry. If Twitter's not your thing, I'm streaming nearly every day over at twitch.tv slash Pumpkinberry. Merkles, where can people find you yep you
0: can also find me on twitter at Merkel's. and if twitter is not your thing then you can find me over on twitch i stream three times a week mondays wednesdays and fridays at twitch.tv slash and
1: acorn and while i don't stream anymore you can find me on twitter mm-hmm. at acorn bandit you can also find me online at joyson's Dot com, mm-hmm. Which is J O I S A N S dot com.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can see all my stuff if you add a slash pages slash acorn. I have a, a list of hyperlinks that will take you to all the other places of things that I do. But that is also where you can find our dark pin yes. once it is released. And yep. apologies, it is taking longer for it to be completed and to arrive. So while this is our last episode in our send off, You can find it on joysons.com or on Etsy if you search for Joysons Studio.
2: And we might do an announcement here on this feed to let you know when they're actually in. I don't know if we've decided or not, but that might be a thing that we do. But if we don't, just continue to check the website. We'll definitely tweet about it and we'll definitely put it on the Mm -hmm. geekgeneration.com slash dark. We'll make an announcement there as well.
1: Yep. So at Radio Wendon on Twitter.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was it, right?
0: Well, we want to give our last special thanks to Johnny Caballero for letting us use the beautiful, beautiful cover art being the Mm -hmm. face of our podcast for this year and a half. You can find him on Twitter at Johnny Knight, and that's spelled J-H-O-N-Y-K-N-I-G-H-T. We're proudly part of the Geek Generation Network. You can find more awesome podcasts related to cool, nerdy things like TV, comic, okay, cool nerdy things like TV, comics, and movies at thegeekgeneration.com That includes the Avatar podcast, so please go check that out too. Thank you so much for diving into Dark with us. This is our final episode. Thank you for joining us on this adventure. Bye!
1: Bye! Bye! I
0: it was friends Das ist es das, was wir dann sind?
1: Ein Traum. Es hat uns nie wirklich gegeben.
0: Ich weiß es nicht.